0: Welcome to Talking Shop with Teresa and Bree, the show where we dish out tips and advice for mystical business owners and service providers. And if you're not sure what a mystical business owner is, it's, well, if you work as a tarot card reader, astrologer, Reiki healer, intuitive counselor, oracle medium, or, you know, if there's any kind of spiritual or mystical art that's part of your profession, we're talking about you. And I'm Teresa, and my lovely co-host, where are you? Hey, everyone. I'm Bree.
1: We have both been self-employed sacred artists, Teresa and I have been, running our own businesses for decades upon decades and looking fabulous while we do it, I would like to add. And we know what goes into running a successful business. We know exactly how much heart, grit and hustle it takes to get your business afloat and to keep things rocking along. So we do this show together once a month because we love sharing the business strategies that we've learned over the years and we love seeing our fellow mystics thrive and succeed.
0: And in each episode of Talking Shop we tackle different topics and for 2019 we're doing a lot of talking about books because so many metaphysical folks like ourselves want to become authors, or they're maybe becoming authors, or they're already authors, but books are really, really big, and anyhow, what we're talking about today, our topic is the truth about marketing your book, so I know, Bree, this is a really important topic, right?
1: This is huge, this is huge, because we mentioned this, I think, on an earlier show this year, but if you write a book then your job is far, far, far from over because the next chunk of time and energy you're going to need to invest in that book deals with its marketing. And more and more that is the case because publishing companies from the very, very big to the very small are doing less marketing for authors. So this is huge. Why do you think that is? Well, I think, you know... I mean, I know that the publish publishing as an industry went through a pretty significant change in the 90s when a lot of the when basically it became a lot more centralized. So I think that mm-hmm. that has a part part to do with it. But I also think having gone through the experience of of marketing my book and Teresa, I know you've been marketing your books yeah. that I think that it's a real blessing in disguise because even though it puts a lot of onus on the author to figure certain marketing things out. There's also, you know, my dad is in sales, and and what he always taught me is, you know, nobody is going to sell your work as well as you can. Nobody is going to be able to talk about your work as compellingly as you can. Nobody is going to be able to share your work as compellingly as you can. So I actually think that it's a real gift, that authors are able to be more in the driver's seat of their marketing at this point in time, even though there's a lot of, you know, details about it that can feel really overwhelming, which is
0: why we're doing this show. Right, right. And, you know, um, there's a myth. I think a lot of – well, I don't know if it's a myth, but I think a lot of metaphysical practitioners expect that, you know, once your book is out there, it's just going to market itself, you know, and suddenly – Wow, you're going to be a number one author you're on Amazon, blah, blah blah. But I know from experience that this is not true. So what other myths do you think people have about marketing books?: Oh, this is such a good
1: question. So like we just said, you know, the marketing well, the biggest myth is that is that either the book will market itself or that your publisher will take care of all of the marketing for you. Okay. And both of those are just not true. So, like, if if you are thinking that, you should just let that let that go, let it go now. Um, I think another, just drop it, drop it like it's hot. I think another big myth is that in order to that the successful marketing book has to look one specific way. So, what I hear and what I think is kind of held as the gold standard is that you do a you know, basically you market your book the way that you would like market a rock band. Like, you know, you go on this massive book tour and you hit all you know forty eight states, and you know you're you're on the road and you're going to all of these places, and you're marketing your book by going to bookstores, doing signings, doing events, doing workshops. And while that is certainly one avenue that works out beautifully, um, it's not the only avenue. It's not the only avenue that is open or available, especially in the time of the internet. So I think that's a big that's a big myth. I think another big myth has to do with social media. While if you love social media and you're on social media and you are rocking social media, social media can be a huge asset in marketing your book. If you're not on social media, You know, there are still a lot of really awesome ways to market your book, and and there may be some ways that are open to you because you have time that you're not spending on social media um, that are new and that are really unique. And so I think that those are two
0: big myths that I see perpetuated a lot. What
1: about you, Teresa? Other than the ones we've covered, what are some that you think come up a lot?
0: Well, I think you covered some really important ones, but I I want to go back to that. You know, some people – think that you have to be on social media in order to get the book, to get eyes on the book, and that's not true. That really isn't true. Social media is great, but, you know, there are plenty of other ways to get that marketing out there. I think also that people assume that if you do a book tour, you're going to have a ton of people show up, not often. Oh, today. That's huge you don't yeah. want to do a whole show about book tours but that's not often the case you know um, you might only have a handful of people and that can be really discouraging um, i think there's also a thing that people assume they're going to get a marketing budget from their publisher and that's not true either most publishers don't have that you know unless you're like Stephen King um, that's probably not going to happen and so marketing is going to come largely out of your pocket and that's something that people need to know if you're going on a book tour if you're um you know, putting energy into anything, a lot of it is really going to be your time, your energy, your money.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So So let's, let's drill down into this, um, Teresa. In your experience, because now you have three books under your belt, um, how much of the marketing comes from
0: you versus the publisher? Well, initially in the beginning when the first, when the book is first out, the publisher is really going to invest a lot of time and energy because, you know, they want your book to succeed. The publisher is really invested in you. They want your book to do well. And so do know that you're going to get a lot of push and play and help from them. I've had such wonderful experiences with my publishers. Um, you know, uh, I work with Sounds True for my first book, The Tarot Coloring Book, and I had a, person assigned to me to help me you know get some gigs lined up and things like that so in the beginning you're going to get a lot of support from them but after that you know after like maybe two months it's all on you so Mm -hmm. i would say the first two to three months you're going to get a lot of help from them but then from that point forward you really have to nail it so probably in the beginning when the book first comes out it's going to be 50 50 but then after that it's on you you got to keep that sucker going what about mm-hmm. you? What do you think about that? You know, do you think um, that sounds true to you, or do you think part of the pun? <laughs> or do, you, do you find um, it's a different equation?
1: I know. I think that's definitely right. Um, you know, my experience with my book—I I also have worked with Sounds True—is that you know, so when your book, when you're hitting the marketing phase of of the book, you will have a marketing team assigned to you. And there might be one person or there might be a couple of people. Usually there's one person who can help you arrange an event or two if that's something that you want to do and then you're going to have somebody who's kind of running PR and they're, they're your publicist and they're the person who, you know, you're going to talk to about what kind of outreach you would like to do, like where you would like to be featured and they will usually have some ideas about that as well. One thing that my publisher gave me that super, super helpful was they gave me a, a breakdown of the various components in that are involved in marketing, and they broke down what they're responsible for and what I, am as the author, am responsible for. And so for those of you who are at the point where you're thinking about marketing and you're working with your publisher, I think that's a really good thing to ask for. If your publisher doesn't have that already ready uh, to go out, that's, that's something that can save you a ton of time. If you just get a list that's like, okay, what am I responsible for and what are you guys going to handle, I, then you really have a leg up on, on what is, you know, expected and what you need to be getting prepared for.
0: Totally true. I think, you know, if you have things outlined like that, it really just helps a lot. But, you know, in general, I think for anybody who is going to be publishing a book. What, and also, by the way, if you're self-publishing, it's all on you. It's all oh, on yeah, you. We're absolutely. We're talking from the perspective right. of traditional publishing. If you're self-publishing, it is all on you. Um, but, you know, if you're working with a traditional publisher like we have, then, you know, getting, getting the breakdown really helps you to know exactly what you need to be doing on your end. But I will say this, on your end, you should be doing a lot. You should. Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. That's, I think that's right. And, you know, for both self-publishing and traditional publishing, there are PR people out there that basically work freelance. And so, like, we've had Melissa Casera on our show on Talking Shop. I think we had her, like, the first year we did Talking Shop. Um, and Melissa is one of those people that she's been on the web now for, you know, many years and has been consistent in what she does and what she offers. And I love her. Um, and she's a PR person. So like you, you know, you can, if you're self publishing, I would recommend that you hire somebody to help you with marketing and PR because it is a lot.
0: Yes. Um,
1: and if you're, and if you're traditionally publishing, you still might want to consider, working with someone to help you with marketing and PR, um, you know, that's, that's something that it can do nothing but help you, help strengthen the sales of your book and your presentation and everything else. So, you know, there are resources. It doesn't all have to be on you, but you have to be proactive in finding those resources.
0: And I really love what you have to say here about hiring somebody because I'm all about, you know, investing in business. And if you are getting your book out there you want to invest in it too and hiring a PR person is a smart investment if you don't like marketing if you don't know where to start um, you know spend your money on a PR person there are many many good ones Melissa Casera is fabulous um, and she's got programs too that teach you how to market so she would be somebody that I would gear people towards and you guys can find her at Melissa Cassera or dot Communications.com she really is fantastic and Uh, You know, again, if you don't like the market or don't know where to start for your book, look into having a PR person sort that out for you. Yeah. So here's the thing: I want to ask you, what is your opinion about how soon you should be talking about your book? I mean, do you wait till it comes out, or what do you thoughts?
1: So good, so good. So I actually had this question, and I asked my publisher about this. I asked so so because I was like, you know, when so when you're talking about your book, I mean, as soon as you have a book deal, you're going to start talking about your book. And people are going to get really excited, and, you know, you're going to, like, you know, have that writer-author mojo hanging out around you, which is a lot of fun. But when you start talking about your book in the sense of, hey, this book is coming out, um, and now is the time to pre-order, because your pre-order numbers, that's the number of people and bookstores who pre-order your book um, give your publisher a lot of great information. So this is a number that you actually want to pay very close attention to. And so I, when I asked my publisher, you know, well, when do you start really talking to people about pre-ordering? They said, you know, start asking people to pre-order six months before the book is due out. Um, Ask the earliest. And then really start encouraging people to pre-order and let people know that you've got a book coming out three months before the book is out. Because because it is a pre-order, you know, if you've ever pre-ordered a book like off of Amazon, you know you order it. But then you may not get it for months and months and months. And so people's enthusiasm, you know, if it's a six month window, I order the book and then I have to wait half a year before it's in my hand, people's enthusiasm starts to wane a little bit. Now, when we're talking like two or three months before the book is in my hand, people start getting really excited. Um, okay. so that so as far as like pre orders, there that's the advice that I've been given and it makes a lot of sense. Now, what I will also say is that what I did with my book, since this was my first book, and I have a lot of people in my community that are writers and they're creative and they want to write a book or they have written books, is every month I sent out a newsletter, and because I was pregnant at the same time that I was writing and then when the book was born, the baby had been born like two weeks before, I I shared what was going on In the writing process, you know, I would share like, oh, we got the cover today, or oh, you know, now I'm working on the big macro edits. And that's been a really nice way of keeping people in my community informed about the book, of letting new people who come into my community know that I'm working on a book and all, and, and doing it all without asking anyone to buy anything. Like I'm just, I've just been taking them with me on my book writing journey, and I've gotten the sweetest emails people who just love that. So I think that you can start talking about your book from day one, but when it comes to pre-ordering, you really want to wait until you're at least six months out um, and the book is is due to hit shelves before you start, you know, hitting at people to pre-order. What about you though? What do you find to be effective with respect to this?
0: Well, when I'm busy creating the book, I never talk about it. <laughs> you know, so I yes, keep that totally yes. under wraps. Partly it's my Moon and Scorpio thing, but partly, you know, you just don't want, first of all, anybody's input. Um, say, oh, well, I think you should. Mm, no. And also, you know, you want to avoid <laughs> I don't like people's input. No no, no, no.
1: And you also no. don't want people
0: all of a sudden hearing what you're writing about and getting excited, and maybe they decide to pinch that idea. So um, I'm very, very secretive while I'm creating the book. But then once the book is done, the manuscript's out, you know, I'll let people know that, hey, I just got a book into the manuscript, you know, a manuscript in, just to kind of like peak interest because I want to see if people well are interested but I usually don't um start saying anything until they actually drop it on Amazon. And for me what I've discovered is that my publishers have um dropped it on Amazon and some somebody lets me know it's on there. I never find out. That
1: happened to me too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> what? And so, well, I have to laugh at like, boy, I got some eagle-eyed people around me. I love that. But from that point on, then I'll start gently talking about it here and there, giving people some ideas, encouraging them to pre-order. And you know, they usually do drop that about a good eight months before the book is actually coming out. Okay. So you can start talking about it, and I think you should start talking about it when it's up on Amazon. You might as well start letting people know about it because it's there. I mean, what are you going to do? Ignore it, right? I mean, that's just not logical. But totally. I think doing the big campaign to do the pre-order should happen probably about two months before the book is out. Yeah. Because that's, yeah. then it's, it's, like you said, you know, it's close enough time people don't forget about it. And so really, as soon as Amazon is, is, is putting it out there, you got to talk about it. But you really want to start doing the big push for the pre-order about two months or six weeks before your book comes out. Yes. That's the time to do all your pre-publicity, your pre-marketing, all of that stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. Mm Mm-hmm. So, see,
1: we've talked about, we've kind of talked about marketing in general terms. What are some of the best ways, what are some of your
0: favorite ways that you have found to promote your books? Well, first of all, there's so many ways to promote it. And, you know, and you don't have to do every, everything. You really don't, and I want to say that right away, because some people enjoy doing certain things, some people don't. So the first thing I would say for anybody, before I even talk about the best ways I found to promote my book, is you've got to find what works for you. Now, if you're a legend like Rachel Pollack, who, by the way, just, um, they just reissued a new edition of 78 Degrees of Wisdom. Okay. Uh-huh. I mean, she's a legend. This is a re- this is a classic book. Rachel could sit back and eat cherries, and she probably could do a couple like interviews, and she's going to be golden because it is still the gold standard in tarot books, right? Yeah. Yep. But if you're a new author especially, you do have to think about ways that are going to make sense for you and the way you like to work to get eyes on your book. So I love podcasts for promoting my book because podcasts, you really get to talk. People get the idea of how you – you know, how you work, what you're all about. So I think podcasts are super smart. I think, and also podcasts are up there, you know, they're eternal. They're up there usually forever. I think um, guest posts is another way to get your word spread to a wider audience. So if you could get like a guest post that really talks about some aspect of your book, I think that's a really fantastic way to get the word out there. And I think public appearances are the bomb. I'm really all about that. I'm an intimacy person. I love connecting with people and teaching and talking about the book in person. So I think, you know, if you can do, like, a combo between maybe um, some guest posts and, you know, public speaking about it. And maybe even some podcasts. I think those are great ways. And, of course, you know I love social media. So, you know, regular social media, like some tweets or, or even Facebook ads, are a great way also to get people to know about your book. What about you, Brie? What are some of the okay. ways that you think? I mean, these are the things that work for me. And I, I really, really, truly do love the, the podcasts and public appearances. It's my favorite. What about you? Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I really, I like podcasts a lot as well, Um, and I also like public appearances. I mean, I think, you know, as as a mom with two young ones, public appearances for me, when I think about them and as I'm scheduling them to promote making magic, you know, I want to go to places that I love and see people that I love. And, and so I make my public appearances like a really enjoyable for me kind of thing. I think that the most important thing with marketing is as soon as it starts to feel like a slog, then you need to, you need to back up and you need to rethink your approach because marketing is where you should feel really excited, really enthusiastic, really pumped. Um, and again, like compelling, to other people because after all the whole point of it is like hello you're marketing your book you know you want people to buy your book and so you know if you're showing up and you're like uh oh, I have to do this uh, like nobody wants to buy a book from a person who's like got that attitude so so you need to see where where that attitude creeps in and wherever it does creep in that's a good place where you shouldn't try to market, right? So I love public appearances because I love getting out there and seeing people and I love to teach. Um, yeah. I love podcasts as well. I like creating, um, like, like like face to face event virtually. So something that I am going to be doing with my book is I'm going to have a couple of uh, times where I do a Zoom video chat, like a live stream video chat with people in my community, and they can come and they can ask questions, and I may teach them something that comes out of the book or do a little reading. So you know, it's almost like a virtual book tour, and I really love that now. And You know, if you're an author who has young children and, you know, or has a very limited budget or, you know, has certain physical limitations that make travel really difficult, there are some really beautiful ways now to do virtual teaching and virtual book tours where everybody can see each other's faces and, you know, it can feel like you're sitting in a room together. So that's a really nice thing to do. And something else that I really love to do is I love to guest post, but I like to write articles for various magazines, blogs, um, you know, content-driven sites on the web, and you know, you can always you can write your article. You can mention your book in your article, and then in your author byline, you can mention that you know you have a book coming out, and that's a really nice way to get a lot of eyes. On your book as well. So I mean, there's so many possibilities that that really work. You know, when I was talking to my marketing team, one of the things that they said, you know, often has a ton of success is Pinterest, which I would never think of as being like, you know, where where do you go to like social media market your book? Like I would think Facebook or Twitter, which works for a ton of people. But Pinterest can be, like, a really amazing source. So, again, I think the thing with marketing is you have to see, like, what gets you jazzed up and excited and what feels like a really laborious, like, have to. And you want to stay away from the stuff that's like a have to. You're doing it out of a sense of obligation because that just doesn't align with the vibes you want for your marketing.
0: And I like what you have to say about that because I think there are a lot of people, and we're going to talk about social media in a future episode, but I really want to address that briefly. There are a lot of people who don't like social media. And who don't use it to promote their stuff. I mean Alexandra Franzen, who I love and has had some great success with her book, she does not use social media. She doesn't like yeah. it. Yeah. Yep. She does fine.
1: I... I talked to my publisher about leaving social media because I I had been on Facebook and I had been on Twitter, and, but I just found with my life with a seven month old, with a book project, you know, with a book project that's that's you know almost fully cooked and getting ready to be marketed and promoted, and with other big projects that are looming over the horizon, like I just didn't have time for social media, and so I started noticing that like you know feeling like I had to log on or I had to update, like. I like, put me in a really bad mood. And so I was like, you know what? I don't wanna do this. Like this is not this is not personally how I want to roll. Now I you're on social media whiz, Teresa. I think you're I like think of you as a queen in social media and I think you do it <laughs> so beautifully. So, you know, it's it's really like again, it's not so much about the medium, it's about your attitude and the way that it fits or it doesn't fit into your life. You know, I know, I know people on social media who have a huge following and they would never do like a Zoom live chat video. That to them just sounds absolutely terrible. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think it really just depends, but you're absolutely right. Like social media, while it can be a huge asset, like again, if you're, if you're not a social media person, like you don't have to be a social media person. There's a ton of other ways that you can market your book.
0: Absolutely, and I think it's real. one of the points that we're really getting at again and again and again is you have to find what makes sense for you. I mean, personally, you know, I'm one of those people that I don't like contacting the media and saying, hey, I should be on TV. That's not the thing for me, but if you like to be on TV, I mean, that's another thing. Go for it. Just figure out the way that works for you. So let's talk about this, though. Okay, we're talking about great ways to promote stuff, but what are some of the marketing mistakes that you see metaphysical authors doing?
1: Oh, so good. Okay, well, so we covered a couple of them, right? The first is don't assume that your book is going to market itself. No, it won't. Don't assume that your publisher is fully responsible for the marketing of your book. No, they aren't. Um, Don't do anything in marketing that feels like it's sucking the joy out of your life because that is just not going to be sexy or charming or seductive or compelling in any way, shape, or form. So those are like the general things. Um, I think I one of the one of the big mistakes that I see metaphysical, secret artist type doing is thinking that if they get someone's endorsement or if they partner up with someone that has, say, a big audience or big outreach, that that will take care of the marketing for them. So again, like, if there's somebody out there that you love and you want to partner up with them as part of your promotional exercise, like, do it, go for it, that can be awesome. But don't think that, like, You can hitch your star to, you know, you can hitch your wagon to somebody else's star basically. And, and that their audience and their outreach is going to translate into your audience and your outreach. I think that that's a, that's a real uh, stumbling block that actually happens in all kinds of areas. Mm -hmm. Um, but this is, it was one of the areas where that does happen. Um, I think that, Another mistake, because so many sacred artists, so many mystics are introverted, right? And we're, we, we, we are, you know, very internal with ourselves in many cases, not in all cases. Um, I think that we can be a little shy about reaching out to other people, reaching out to say, Hey, I'd like to write an article for this, or Hey, I'd like to, Uh, you know, be on your podcast. Or, hey, I'd like to, you know, I'd like to go to this speaking event. Like, there's an attitude that I often see of, like, I'm waiting for my invitation. And the fact of the matter is that you may get invitations, and that's always fun, and that's always flattering. Um, But I will tell you that I've, I've received invitations that were really flattering and delightful. And, like, The event was meh, you know, meanwhile, I have sought out various, um, events for myself. Like I said, hey, I'd like to be on your podcast or hey, I'd like to guest post here. And I've assertively kind of, you know, put myself forward and those have been some of the best experiences. So, you know, I think that, that this is a, you know, marketing it's I think of the sign of Gemini, right, Teresa? Right, Teresa. Hell I think yeah. of the sign of, sign, of, sign of Gemini. I think of friendship and connection and communication and you know, the web and those things happen in groups. Like so you by yourself, like waiting for an awesome invite. Is not doing much. You crafting a really lovely pitch email to a magazine that you've all, that you love and that you've always wanted to like write for is a much more useful thing to do. So you have to, you do have to get out there and you do have to connect. You get a lot of choice and freedom in the ways that you connect and who you connect with and how you do it. But but this is not a one person. Operation, and that's the other big mistake that I'll speak to, Teresa. I think that marketing is something that, it, it, if you do it correctly, there's a lot of moving parts. You know, it's kind of like spinning plates. There's a bunch of different parts that are moving all at the same time, and so you need to have some helpers. You cannot do it all by yourself. I will say that I have a marketing team with my publisher. I worked actually with Alexandra Franzen. We mentioned her earlier. I love Alex and she and I have worked together. We've talked together and I worked with her um, in drafting an overarching marketing plan at the end of last year. And part of what that included was a huge master to-do list for marketing, which is invaluable to have, to know what needs to happen and by when, by what due date, that's hugely helpful to keep you organized. And I have a team of people that are reaching out to various places for me. So, so you know, I like very much, because I'm running a full-time business and I am a mom of two young children, and, you know, I do have all of these other projects, like I looked at marketing and I said, you know, this is an area where I really need help. And I need support, and I need to not be the sole responsible person. And so I think trying to do it all by yourself, um, unless you just love it and you have a lot of time, is a foolhardy idea. So that's my take, Teresa. What
0: about you? What, do you? what do you think? The biggest mistake is not marketing. <laughs> <I> mean, really, <laughs> That is the biggest mistake, or they just do a, a very little effort. And so, I mean, I agree with everything that you say, but the biggest mistake, I think, is just not doing it. And I see also yeah. some people who are just very, they're very lazy about it, or I think, again, I think it really comes back to the assumption that somehow you put the book out there and ta-da, now you're the next Rachel Pollack, and it's like, mm, no, 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 no. It's not going to work that it. way. <laughs> it really doesn't, so, yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay, so, Teresa, we're, we're coming to the end, and I want to ask you What is the single best piece of advice you might give a new author when it comes to marketing? And what advice would you give someone who has had a book out for a while? So two different Mm -hmm. sets of advice. One who's got one, you know, new author who's just starting to market, and the other is somebody who's got a book maybe it has been out for a couple of years.
0: Well, my advice for the new author is don't be afraid of marketing. Really don't be afraid of marketing because I think a lot of, people especially metaphysical people we like you mentioned earlier we're introverts and the whole idea of it i think is really scary so my best piece of advice if you are a new author is don't be afraid of marketing your book and please market it we need to know about your book we can't find out about it if you're not talking about it so please don't be shy and if you are someone who's had your book out for a while you know don't let your book go fallow It's good to still, Mm -hmm. every once in a while, talk about the stuff from your past, too. I mean, I could never get enough of listening to Rachel Pollack talk about 78 Degrees of Wisdom. hate to keep on going about my Rachel Fangirl stuff, but, you know, if it's Rachel or Mary Greer, they could talk about any of their old books, and I'm all ears. I want to know. So if Mm -hmm. your book has been out for a while, every once in a while, you know, go ahead and market that book, too. Bring it back out. Remind us why that book is so awesome. I think maybe the piece of advice probably applies to both new and old authors. Keep talking about your stuff. We do want to know. What about you? Any good advice?
1: I I love that. I love what she said. I mean, I I think that what I would say, what I would add to that is this should be fun. This is the party. This is the celebration. This is the, yes. you know, you've done all of this work and you've, you've, you know, been engaged in all of this labor of writing the book and editing the book and working with your publisher and, you know, putting your various teams together and communicating with everyone. And this is the time where you get to bring that out into the world and say, look, Look at what I made. Look at what right. I accomplished. Look at what I have to share with you all. And that, I think that if you enter into the spirit of marketing in that way, then you're really, you're you're going to nail it, no matter how, what you do or how you do it. And as far as authors who have books that have been on the market for a few years, you know, I don't always think it's useful to talk about books analogously to children. But in this case, I do. Like, you know, I have a seven-year-old. Like, you think I talk about him less because I have had him for seven years? Like, no. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I, I talk about him all the time, and I talk about the seven-month-old all the time. And so, you know, that that's the deal, right? Like, you don't you don't just forget about it just because they've been they've been around for a couple of years. You still talk about it and mine your book. Your book has classes. Your book has workshops. Your book has podcasts. Your book has yeah blog series, like, look at your book and the content, and mine those contents. You can have years' worth of a business plan given to you on a silver platter in your book if you'll pay attention to it. So that's the other thing I'd say.
0: Right on. And that is such amazing advice. I've learned from the best, Teresa. You... (laughs) <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I learn from you, too, we, and every time we're here on this podcast, we're, we're learning from each other, and hopefully the people who are listening in are learning from us as well.
1: That's so true. So, everyone, that will wrap up this episode of Talking Shop. So, Teresa, what was your biggest takeaway from this discussion?
0: I love what you had to say about getting people involved to help you, that you shouldn't do it alone, that it's foolhardy to do it. Because, you know, I'm a lone wolf. I tend to love to do it on my own. And I've had to learn how to um, let other people help me. So I think that is a a really great takeaway that I, you know, not being resistant to asking for the help. Um, I love that. What about you? What was your biggest takeaway or the favorite piece of advice from today's show?
1: I loved it when you said you have to market your book. Like, the biggest mistake is not marketing your book because that seems really obvious, but you and I have both talked to people who have books out there, and we know that it's not. Like, there are, right. there are believe it or not, people, there are people with books, and they put their book out, and they didn't do anything to market it, and
0: it doesn't work. Exactly. <laughs> not marketing is not a marketing plan. <laughs> <laughs> no. Doesn't work. All right, guys. Well, before we sign off, a happy reminder: if you love Talking Shop, and we sure hope you do, don't forget that you can listen to all of the previous shows for free on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. Just look for Talking Shop with Teresa and Bree, and you'll find all the episodes there. You can also visit Talking Shop on my website. You can go to com, click on Podcasts, hop on down to Talking Shop. You'll find all the stuff there. Bree, where can they find the archives and info on your site?
1: So, everyone, go to the tab that says free resources. Click on that. You will see um, options for the Talking Shop archive so that you can listen to hours and hours of Teresa and I's Brilliant, as well as the current featured show for the month. That's where it lives at my site.
0: And we, we do really truly have a lot of episodes. We've been doing this for years, so you know it's it's a treasure trove of stuff for metaphysical practitioners. And by the way, if you're enjoying the show, take a moment, leave a kind review on iTunes because this helps more metaphysical business owners find their way to Talking Shop. All right, and that is truly a wrap. So Please join us. Join us again next month for another round of Talking Shop. And until then, you can find me Teresa at theTerralady.com. Brie, where are you?
1: <laughs> you can find me everyone at BriannaSaustry.com. That's B as in boy, R I A N A, S A U S S Y.com. Thanks again for listening, everyone. We hope that you keep taking action to build the mystical business of your dreams. Stay on your grind. And make it a great mental you know that you will.